Welcome to Who Killed the Radio Star. It's the best friends hour where best friends are talking about music. We are best friends. We are, aren't we? And we are talking about music and all sorts of other things. What a great life. It, it It's not bad. There's lots of bad parts, but this, these parts are good. This is a good moment to come out and, you know, reintroduce ourselves. My name's Steve. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho... Wait, no, it's not Hove. I don't go by Hove anymore. It's been a while. It's been a while since I went by, by Hove. Ho. You go by Ho. I heard I go, you. Yeah, you that's right. Go by Ho on the street corner. There. Yeah, yeah. Ho. Yeah. Hey, Ho. I, I go, hey, how's it going? It's Tyler. Good to see you. Oh, yeah. It's Tyler. My name's Tyler. How about that? And we are music lovers. We're not experts. No, far from that. It's we did, important to say that. We did put some time in the music minds. <laughs> It's we, always important to say that. We went down into the mines for a bit. We were we were uh, slinging those discs. But look, we are on an expedition here to learn and uncover all sorts of things. You ever seen Oak Island? You ever seen Oak Island? It's like the mystery of Oak Island, but replace the island with music. Yeah. And the mystery with nonsense. And throw some podcasters in there. You can put us out on a boat. Doesn't matter. Oh, we should definitely record on a boat. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I feel like the audio would be shit, but... Just birds and shit. Yeah. Today, we are going to talk about wrestling. We've been big wrestling fans most of our lives. I mean, not. Uh, I guess we were big wrestling fans as youths. You've kept up with it a little bit better than I have over the years. Yeah, I kind of engage with wrestling the same way I engage with media, where I prefer to listen to criticism of wrestling and media more than I actually like engaging with wrestling or media, which is weird. But yeah. true. It's fun to keep up on it. It's like, you know, like, I, I like uh, I like Pokemon, right? I like Pokemon a lot. Wrestling's kind of like Pokemon. You love Pokemon. And I love wrestling. And they're kind of like the same thing, right? Yeah, you got types. Yeah. You got to strategically match them up. Yeah. I think. You know? Roman Reigns. Charizard. Uh, I was going to say he's a real Lucario. He's more of a Lucario. But he's one of these frontrunner guys. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone yeah. loves him. Yeah, everyone's got plushies of him. Yeah. So, full disclosure, we just watched a Royal Rumble this weekend. Yeah, we watched Royal Rumble 23. And the 23? Well, I guess... no way it was 23. Well, Royal Rumble 2023, but I think it's like the 35th or something. It's it's up there. It's close I, to our age. I went to the 18th WrestleMania when I was like 13. Yeah, but they're Maybe not the younger. they're not the same... They're not on the same level. What do you mean? The winner of the Royal Rumble goes to WrestleMania. I know, but not always. But the now, for the last, for like, the, for all we remember, it it has been. But WrestleMania was the big thing and the only thing for a few years before the Royal Rumble started. Because I was listening to something and they were saying it was like the thirty fifth or thirty sixth or something Wrestle or uh, Royal Rumble. So, but they don't they don't numerically do it that way. They just do year Royal Rumble twenty twenty three. I guess it makes sense. We really just wanted to talk more about wrestling, and it sparked up our memory of all of these musicians who have been either involved with wrestling or been straight up pro wrestlers yep. in their own right. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover. It's kind of like, I think, uh, they always say how like every comedian wants to be a musician and every musician wants to be a comedian. Nah. And I think it kind of extends a little bit into that same area where there's a lot of musicians who want to be wrestlers. There's a lot of wrestlers who want to be musicians. Exactly, yeah. A there's ton. a lot of crossover, you know? So, conspiracy-wise... <laughs> I don't think we're going. Look, we're not. There's no conspiracies here here today, but there's some fun facts and some fun stories about musicians. When this ends, you're, you're gonna alive. it's gonna stop, and you're gonna go neat. Yeah, that was, that was it's neat. pretty neat. Neato. It's it's pretty neat. We're really gonna be looking at ICP and the Misfits. The Insane Clown Posse and the Misfits were actually 
contracted pro wrestlers in the WCW. Yeah, yeah, and uh, ICP had some time in WWF, and they've promoted some of their old uh, own shows as well. I know they still kind of stuff. JCW, Juggalo Championship Wrestling. They've got their own league. But before we get into those two giants... I'll never get over the fact that Juggalo really sounds like a racial slur. It doesn't sound like a good thing. If you call someone a Juggalo, it sounds like you're being offensive. It really does. And I guess if they're not a Juggalo, you you are being offensive. To Mm, both sides. I suppose, yeah. If you call a non-ICP fan a Juggalo, they may take it with offense. No one wants to be called something that they're not. All right? I've been called a doctor before. (laughs) I hated it. It was awful. He snapped. He killed a man. College educated, competent. I've been called all these things. (laughs) And I hate all of them. (laughs) Just because you call someone that, it doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it true. Nope. (laughs) So before we get into those juggernauts, let's look at some other people, juggernauts in their own right, uh, musicians who have popped up here and there in wrestling, be it the WCW or the WWF. If there's anything smaller, we're not dealing with it. Yeah, we're we're starting modern here. We're We're going... you know, early 80s, mid 80s. Well, the very first one who started the connection. Modern, the, I say the, the fucking 80s. Yeah, well. Rolled. Yeah. For so, wrestling. For, for wrestling. <laughs> the the one who's, who kicked it all off and started the sort of the rock and roll wrestling connection, let's call it. Yep. It was Cindy Lauper. That's right. With Captain Lou Albano. Captain Lou. And the story is, is that they like met on a plane. Yeah. A lot of the time, the story is, is that a wrestler meets a musician and the wrestler goes, hey, you want to do this with us? Hey, yeah, you want to have some fun? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. In a world, too, of like less uh, social media and oversight and managers and agents and everyone being so coddled, you just do that. You just do that. You want to come wrestle? Sure. I'll do it. And Cindy Lauper came in with, uh, with Lou, with Captain Lou and... Did a bunch of stuff with him. She was around for a little bit. She wasn't really wrestling, but she was sort of one of those like ringside managers. Yeah, she did a thing. It was on a WrestleMania, wasn't it? It was one of the early WrestleManias. She was leading up to it with, uh, I believe, Medusa, who was named something else in WWE. She was a early champion. One of the, I think she was the first WWF Women's Champion in the in the modern era, certainly, or the first era that I can recall. Um, what was her, what was her fucking name? Alundra Blaze. Alundra Blaze. Alundra Alundra Blaze. Sounds like someone from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yep. Uh, later, she had one of the defining moments of the Monday Night War when WCW lured her away as when she was WWF champion, and she brought the championship belt to WCW Nitro and threw it in the garbage. You don't need it. We do, we do need to clarify what a Monday Night War is here. And this is in the 90s. There was WCW and it was WWF at the time, now WWE. The two main wrestling companies both airing their shows on Monday night. Yeah, so WWF was like the big boy in the 80s. You know, you got Hogan. They had tenure. All-stars. They had tenure. They'd been around for a while. Vince McMahon had begun. So wrestling traditionally was a territory based system where there was uh, different territories across North America. And there was little like areas that had control and Vince McMahon went in there and started buying them all up and trying to form like a, you know, super wrestling promotion, put a lot of people out of business and kind of changed the way wrestling is perceived forever. And I could get into a lot of that and I'm not going to <laughs> because I could talk for half an hour on that. And it has nothing to do with the Misfits or ICP, Cindy Lauper. Uh, but uh, he was the big boy in town and, and WCW was uh, kind of a, a secondary promotion that was also quite big in the South. Uh, not to get 
overly into it, but essentially Turner Broadcasting Corporation bought WCW and made an attempt to overthrow, usurp the WWF's position as the number one wrestling promotion in the world, um, certainly in North America. And uh, they put on a live show, Monday Night Nitro, to compete against uh, WWF's Monday Night Raw, which at that point was not live. It was live to tape. And oh. so they kind of uh, went live. Yeah, they would just do things like they they fucking they come in and they go, hey, guess what's happening on WWF this week? And they give all the results before they they aired because they oh, were jerks. Spoilers. And uh, and then kind of forced Raw to eventually go live. But all of that being said is just a little preamble to the fact that they would do WWE would do shit like this and pull people away from WWE, pull the lunge blaze. Yeah, and there was there was a lot of that. There were people jumping back and forth between the companies all the time. Yeah, there was a lot of that, especially a lot of going that a lot of people from the WWF going to WCW for lots of money and guaranteed contracts, free money, no matter whether you wrestled or not. Big pockets, deep pockets, deep pockets, and eventually WWF won. But that's a story for a different podcast, not so, ours. <laughs> maybe maybe once I get bored with this one and I start my wrestling, start podcast. a wrestling one. So Cindy Lauper, she wasn't really a trained wrestler and she wasn't doing matches, but she did sort of establish a thing where she would hit people with her purse. And that was her, that was her offensive her attack. Fi- that was her finishing move. And uh, one of her biggest moments was attacking the fabulous Moolah, Ooh. who is a legend in her own right. Yeah, also kind of a monster. Attacking her with her purse. Yeah. But, it's, you know, it's probably her finisher move, so it, like, knocked her out completely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. it would have. Moolah didn't no-sell it. I'm going to use a lot of wrestling terms here that I'm not going to explain. <laughs> Or maybe I'll explain some of them. But uh, no selling means to not sell the hit because wrestling is uh, not fake. It's scripted. The contact is real in a lot of instances, but a lot of stuff is, uh, you know, pulled. Just pulling the punches to make sure you don't actually hurt somebody. And I just explained no selling for no reason because it was just a joke anyways. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Cindy Lauper is kind of the beginning of this in the modern era, which we'll call post-80s. But there was a lot that happened, especially in the 90s. Master P was involved for a little for a minute there oh, with, I forgot with WCW. That. He tried to, so he had a whole thing going on. He had a, I think he had a bit of a whole business plan mapped out here because his cousin was a wrestler. In the WCW. Oh, yeah. Uh, swole, right? Swole. Swole. And yeah. Swole before swole was a term. Before that was even a meme or a term yeah. or anything. Swole was ahead of the curb. And he was very swole. Could have been swoler, though. Could have been swole. Could have been more swole. And Master P had his record label, No Limit Records. Master P had a time. Master P had a little thing in that. Master P is completely off my radar. I couldn't tell you one Master P song. Because it just really wasn't my jam. I was into, I mean, at that point, I'm like a young teen. So, you know, I'm listening to mostly just manufactured pop hip hop on radios and stuff like that. And then in the future, I got into some old school stuff, but never really got into Master P. Yeah, I got some, there's some Master P joints that are okay. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't tell you one song, honestly. It's just like, it just never really clicked with me. And he was doing a lot of stuff running around. He was trying to, it's almost like him and Jay-Z were both trying to do the same thing, trying to like, you know create generational wealth but master p did it in a really fucked up way where he was just doing everything <laughs> well master p this was all part of master p's like master plan i think the p stood for plan okay because all right this was a, he had an expansion plan for his record label to do movies different types of merchandise and even crime novels crime novels yeah, yeah. crime novels yeah writing his own little novels no about, limit about them like there's no limits man it's gotta be like gangster crime yeah novel, it's gangster right? shit yeah okay so Master P put a roster together called 
No Limit Soldiers. And NLS? NLS. This included, of course, Swole, but it also included Conan. Ooh, Conan, underrated. And a, a very young Rey Mysterio. Ooh, Booyaka Booyaka 619. We're going to get to that later, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Booyaka Booyaka 619, as made famous by the POD recording. That's another thing. I don't thing know what the, the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> well, that's another thing with musicians and wrestlers, especially when wrestling was super popular in the you know late, mid to late. Well, no, more like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, there was a lot of recording artists who came in and did music for wrestlers, and that was one of them, was P.O.D. Okay, so the full stable of the No Limit Soldiers is Master P, B.A. Do you know B.A.? Don't know B.A. Chase. Chase. Do you know Chase? No. Conan. Okay. Rey Mysterio Jr. Yep. Swole. And four by four. Don't know most of those people. I'm sure if. Oh, okay. Brad B- Armstrong. He is Brad Armstrong. That is the brother of uh, Road Dog Jesse James. Whoa. He was also a wrestler. I mean, a wrestler. He was also a referee, I believe. The Armstrong family is a is a well known wrestling family. The father was a wrestler, and I believe three brothers or four brothers, and they were all wrestlers and referees and involved in it as well. All these guys are dead. Of course they are. They're wrestlers from the late nineties. Is Chase? We're going to Chase here. Chase Tatum. And, yeah. Man, he Don't know that guy. He died. Don't remember that guy. I was a big, I was much more, so uh, this is a thing for uh, Canada in general. Canada is traditionally a WWF territory, WWE territory. So, um, during the Monday Night War, I was, I was reading something recently about this that they never really publicized it in the same way, but there was a ratings battle going on between the new, the, the two factions, the two companies. And uh, I was looking to see, like, what were the numbers like in Canada? Because this is all American stuff, U.S. stuff. And someone basically said, look, the WWE has always been a Canadian territory. And the numbers were always in favor of WWE, even when WCW was winning pretty consistently in the States. So I was I, I was not as much of it. I was watching both for a time. But there was definitely, I started watching WWF before I started watching WCW and I continued to watch WWF after I'd given up on WCW. Me too, man. I always preferred WWF. I just did. Yeah. WCW had a lot of cool shit, but like just the pacing of WWF was better and kind of just fit in. And, And then when they did the attitude era, that really changed everything. And it was like cool at school to be watching wrestling. So next up, we got Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg's been making appearances for a long time now. He's done a bunch of stuff. He's popped up all over the place. He had a situation a while back where he was in the ring with uh, Chavo Guerrero, and he, and, he, and he speared him. He gave Ooh. him the old Snoop spear. The Snoop spear. That's fun. And Snoop's always down to, to play with stuff like that, and he's having fun. Snoop's, right? Snoop's always doing everything. Snoop's doing everything. Him and That's no surprise to anyone. Him and Shaq don't say no to any sort of payday. Fuck it. They're down. They're I, don't in. Know, I don't know if Shaq's been in wrestling, though. He's probably... I think Shaq has been in wrestling. It's been around, but we're talking about people who like get in the ring. Because on that note, we have guys like Rick Rubin and Billy Corgan who have gotten involved behind the scenes. Billy, Billy Corgan was a front-facing authority member in TNA Impact, which is a was basically the next challenger to WWF after they eventually beat and bought WCW. And it's a newer one. It was newer, yeah. And Comparatively. It, 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 it did not, it never succeeded to the level of WWF, and it fell apart for numerous reasons. This was like late 2000s, like early 2010s. They, they you know, had a lot of ex-WWF wrestlers and pride some people away, but it was never as big. But Billy Corgan at a point was like a forward-facing member, like an authority figure in it. And they started getting very public about non-payment. And then that kind of turned into a feud, and he then bought the NWA essentially, which 
again, people don't know wrestling. NWA was like the national alliance of all those territories I was talking about earlier. All the territories in North America fell under the NWA, which a much looser coalition than like WWF. There was like one NWA world champion. And that kind of like stayed. <laughs> we are fucking talking some serious wrestling. <laughs> Look, I know a little too much about wrestling for someone who <laughs> actually doesn't like never watches it. Okay. What do you know about Bad Bunny's involvement? I know about Bad Bunny a little bit because I do, as I just said, I don't watch wrestling. I do watch WrestleMania every year. Uh, I haven't missed one ever. And no matter how out of wrestling I am, I always watch WrestleMania. And he wrestled uh, 2021 WrestleMania, I think. Yeah, I think it was 2021. I don't believe it was that. The one before. after the COVID one. Yeah, the one after the COVID one. Um, he wrestled. He was like, you know, got involved in some storylines, and then you know, when you when you watch these events, these major events, they do like a recap before every match. So no matter how out of it you are, you get a rundown of what's leaded led up to this match. And I saw that he was like involved with a couple people, and there was some betrayals, you know, wrestling bullshit. And he went out and wrestled. It was a tag team match. I think the Miz was involved. Anyways, he did he did really well. Like you like that's the thing is when these people come in and, and guest, as long as they're invested and want to actually learn some stuff, if they're gonna get in the ring, then I'm all for it. If no. you're gonna take it seriously. <laughs> you know. Let's wait till we start talking about the misfits. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> some people don't get invested into it. And this is and there's there's so much on the misfits and on ICP, and we're gonna focus a little more on misfits today but before we touch on the misfits i just want to quickly go back to rick rubin because we mentioned rick rubin in the billy corgan era yeah he only came out recently i believe in public knowledge that he was actually a financial backer of smoky mountain wrestling which was an attempt by him to kind of he grew up on territory wrestling and so he kind of wanted to establish a more territory style where you know as opposed to the 90s wwf and wcw got like set good guys set bad guys more realism less wink wink we all know it's fake kind of like a minor league a little bit more violent yeah minor league that's a little more violent which well, most minor leagues are yeah <laughs> yeah have you ever watched like a triple a baseball game yeah they're just hitting people they with bats all the time chairs steal chairs of the face i do encourage everyone here to google the guy who kicks the catcher <laughs> <laughs> in the minor league baseball in game. baseball he just fucking punts him um but yeah yeah he was he was a financial backer for this uh attempt with uh jim Cornette, uh who's a wrestling manager photographer did everything but yeah he was a financial backer of it so he's really into that old style territory wrestling not sure where his current tastes lie i doubt he's watching much wrestling at these at this point so when the icp came into wcw they fit very well they were already doing their their well into their whole shtick. Juggalos were established. They already had their own fan base. They were big wrestling fans. They were already doing the theatrics, and they already had that side of things like down. So they actually fit very nicely, and they wrestled. They made their debut on Nitro in a six-man tag team match, the Insane Clown Posse. Mm-hmm. So you have Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope yep. tagged up with Vampiro. Oh, Vampiro. <laughs> And they defeated Lash LaRue. Oh, I forgot about that guy. Norman Smiley. Ooh, Norman Smiley. That guy is fucked. Google Norman Smiley <laughs> gang. That guy looks so fucking weird. And Prince uh, Iakea. Iakea. Prince Iakea. Who was and the... Prince Iakea. <laughs> WCW's attempt at making The Rock. But before The Rock was The Rock. Like Rocky Maivia. Like his initial... If you look up The Rock when he first came into wrestling, he looks like... 
They kind of did like a Pacific Islander. I mean, he is Pacific Islander, but like they kind of tried to do like a Pacific. They played Islander it up a little thing. bit. Yeah. I don't think he had boots on. Oh, Norman Smiley, this is him. I just googled him. Yeah, yeah, that guy. You should Google this. He looks like a thumb. Yeah. And like if you look at him in his wrestling gear, like he, this is a pictures of him a bit older, but he has that hair even as like a young yeah, man. There he is there. And he that's the one. Like that's what he'd look like <laughs> with these like low tops and just like the banana hammock. I mean, he's and, just in a banana hammock. Or yeah. should I whatever the tights or ones or Okay. Doesn't look like he's dead. He's still alive, I think. Yeah, I think he's still alive. He seemed like a healthy dude. Weird looking, but healthy. A lot of pictures of him in a speed in a speedo. Check it out, people. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Give a quick old Google to Norman Smiley. So, Insane Clown Posse worked a lot with Vampiro, with the Headbangers. And then in WWF, they had a quite the run where I believe the Headbangers beat the shit out of them. Because they, they came into WWF to do the... Remember the Oddities? So, there was like this whole faction called the Oddities, and the, the attempt was to make a bunch of like weirdos. They just repurposed a bunch of people they had to kind of give them something to do. Yeah, they were associated with the oddities and then they ran a feud with the headbangers the headbangers were were a tag team that were like punk skinhead kilt wearing mesh <laughs> it was weird bras it was like a lot of things all at once i'm pretty sure the headbangers like beat the shit out of them because they did not like the idea of them just stepping in and becoming wrestlers i think they no sell them hard and kind of worked them over a bit yeah and there was a lot of that especially if you weren't showing respect to the to the guys to the veterans and the older guys so vampiro formed the Deadpool with Shaggy Two Dope and Violent J and Raven. Oh, this must be post Raven's Flock. That was a different faction. Yeah. I love the fat little groups they make, like Raven's Flock. I remember Raven. I forgot. There he is. Yeah, I Raven was him. great. Raven he had was the flannel the, tied around his waist. Yeah, he was the ECW champion. He's fucking hardcore man. Is he wearing a Doctor uh, Strange shirt? He is wearing he's a Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange shirt. shirt. Yeah. And then he went to the WCW and started a little faction where everyone just kind of looked like they were on heroin. Yeah. Uh, check out his uh check out uh Raven uh Sailor. Google Raven Sailor gimmick Raven or something. Sailor. Oh, Sailor Raven. Sailor, Sailor, Sailor Moon shit. Sailor <laughs> Raven wrestler gimmick. WCW or WWF? WWF. Okay, so I thought it was like a sailor, but I'm actually pretty sure that this is a Johnny Polo. Johnny Polo. Johnny Polo. So this is when he was in WWF as a young man before he became raven and went to ecw and stuff this is why i thought sailor i'm showing you a picture right now he's wearing a sailor he's hat. wearing a sailor hat because i think he was just like a uh an upper class kind of like dock dockers wearing you know wicker shoe yeah. i think that was the whole bit because that's back when wrestling was all about like these fucking everyone had a fucking job uh, oh yeah, yeah. Duke, He's, Duke, oh, the dumpster Drozzy. Yeah, a, we were talking about the other day, the tax man. Yeah, the tax man, IRS. Yeah. Ir- Irvin R. Shyster. These personalities that were just around a profession. Yeah, it was so much of that in the WWF. There still is some of it. There is some of it, but like WWF late eighties, early nineties is just fucking loaded with it. There was a guy named the Goon who just wore hockey shit. <laughs> he came out wearing like up. yeah, he just yeah. beat beat the shit out of people with Plays a hockey, hockey stick. I think there was a baseball guy too. All, they did fucking everything. Back the dinger. The, di- the dinger. He would come out and he would just hit dingers the whole fucking yeah, night. Yeah, he would smash baseballs into his enemies like an anime character. So after ICP exited WCW, Vampiro was sort of looking for replacements for the Deadpool. Another thing was he used their music. So with their mm. music out of the question, he needed a replacement there. The story is, the way it unfolded is that Across the street from the venue where Nitro was being held, the Misfits were playing a gig. 
Vampiro simply just went over there. He's like, hey, I'm Vampiro. You guys want to come be on Nitro? And I'm, like, just crazy. And Jerry only and the rest of the band said, absolutely, we want to be, we want to be on there. So we have, we're talking '90s Misfits lineup here. This is like American Psycho. This is Jerry only. Yeah. His brother Doyle. Yeah. We have Michael Graves mm-hmm. on the on the vocals, not the original singer. Nope. And we have the the drummer Doctor Chud, also not the original drummer. Doctor Chud. Original members were Glenn Glenn Danzig and Robo on the drums, but uh, they did not make it to the WCW with the rest of the band. This is the best version of the Misfits, just for the <laughs> just for the fucking memes. This is a wild version of the Misfits. I mean, they so they were brought over to Nitro, and they were I, they were on that night. It's kind of like it's crazy. It was completely unplanned. They showed up and they escorted Vampiro down to the ring for a match against Berlin. Oh man, I'm, I kind of remember that gimmick. Just like a fucking giant German man. Yeah, I watched so much fucking footage of the Misfits wrestling today, man. And like Berlin, they had this whole feud with Berlin. Oh really? They had a feud with uh, Berlin and The Wall. You remember a guy named The Wall? Okay, so Berlin is not The Wall. No. Because I was going to say Berlin's The Wall guy, right? They were together. They were together the for Berlin a bit. Wall. But then the wall got pissed because Berlin interfered in a match and uh, got him disqualified. Mm, we'll, okay. we'll get to that. Okay. All right. But those two were involved with this whole Misfits feuding thing. And then uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Mm. So let's get into it. The Misfits escorted Vampiro down that night. And they didn't, I think for a minute, they were the Deadpool reestablished. Okay. But really, they quickly just sort of became the Misfits. Okay. And they, they were the name. referred to as the Misfits all the time. I mean, the four Misfits were always referred to as the Misfits. Sometimes you do hear them spoken. Sometimes you will hear a, a commentator say, oh, Michael Graves. Oh, you know, Michael Graves just went down. Or, oh, Dr. Chud. But really, the lo- there's more t- instances where they're like, I don't know who these guys are. Another Misfit. Oh, oh hey. hey. Jerry only gets the most mention on and their time on WCW. And this is because Jerry only actually signed a contract to wrestle. I believe they all did sign a contract, but Jerry okay. only had a one year contract as a wrestler. He was the only one out of the group who actually had any matches. Absolute madness. I don't remember like any of this. This is definitely post me leaving WCW behind. Yeah, this is some, like late nineties. This right? is some wild shit because it's uh it's like essentially the, the story goes that night when Vampiro went over and asked if they wanted to come over and be on the show. The idea was that they would play music. They would play live music for Vampiro's entrance and exit. On the exit, he would join on the stage with them and rock out a little bit, right? And then I'll be like, fucking hardcore, man. Ridiculous. Jerry Only, although he agreed to it, he saw this, he saw a bigger picture. He saw this as the next step in his career, the next step in the Misfits career. The next evolution of the Misfits. The next evolution. And in a lot of ways, it did, it does lend itself to it. But he, 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 he just had, he just went about it all, all wrong. I mean, the Misfits gimmick sure lends itself to, to wrestling almost perfectly. But everyone just thinks they can be a wrestler. And there's a lot that goes into it, uh, aside from... The, turns out the aside from the athletics and everything you're doing in the ring even just you know the acting doesn't have to be great most wrestlers aren't great actors but when you watch the stuff the misfits did these sort of backstage little storylines and feuds that they're building 
they're just acting like a bunch of extras from like Greece, like <laughs> the movie Greece. Like we just watched a clip of Daphne, basically Jerry only giving her shit about her tattoos. Oh, ah, what are you doing, and little they're all, lady? They're all talking like fifties greasers. Oh. It's like, oh, you think you got some ink? And all the rest of Misfits are going, oh, oh, hey, oh, oh you come over, over to my place and hey, I'll make you some oh, gabagoo. Over here. It sounds like the Sopranos. <laughs> Needless to say, it's a shit show with them involved. It's this weird level of, across the four of them, there's there's different levels where the three of them, Michael Graves, Doyle, and Dr. Chud are all sort of like having fun. And they became pretty good friends with Vampiro. Jerry only took this shit so seriously that <laughs> even watching it you can see that he's a little trying too hard he's, he's in it a little too he's much taking his he's taking his falls a little bit you know more dramatic than maybe he needs to he's always ready to grapple and he's always he's he's trying he thought he had big aspirations here. i am going to be a wrestler with no training <laughs> it's fake it's easy you get hit in the face you go down oh he was so serious about it that he bought his own wrestling ring for training. He had a one-year contract signed. Did a couple matches. Now, Vampiro, an older Vampiro, has uh, been interviewed. He was interviewed on a show called The Hannibal TV on YouTube, where he sort of went into detail on this. And he explained, you know, that he, he liked Jerry, but quickly tensions built between the two of them, <laughs> uh, along with a lot of other... Because uh, superstars Jerry on the only being Jerry only walking in trying to like revolutionize wrestling. According to Vampiro, Jerry only didn't understand wrestling locker room culture. He didn't understand the way things were. How maybe how it was different from rock and roll culture. Did he just like take it too seriously behind the scenes? Like, behind, just, like, behind we're, the scenes, very seriously. N not the feuds, but he was telling people what to do behind the scenes incredible guys like dr death steve williams a legit badass who'd kick the shit out of any of us and he did not take kindly to jerry's prodding and, and demands jerry's also apparently would sneak around the locker room go up behind guys and like bear hug them and Ugh. do the whole kind of i gotcha thing so and, fucking and cringy he just was pushing people's buttons in all the wrong ways whether he knew it or not he was really trying to be demanding. He thought that he he thought that his involvement in the WCW was a blessing and that everyone was happy that he was there and he was going to take things to the next level. Right. Not only for the Misfits, but for the WCW. He thought that he was going to be on the level of Hulk Hogan, which is pretty crazy. But, but again, tra tracks with what we know about that fucking weirdo. So Jerry Only's second ever match, Jerry's second ever match was against Steve Williams, Dr. Death. One on one, and they put yeah in a cage. What? <laughs> <laughs> they put him in a cage, and oh. there is no doubt that there is a little bit of behind the scenes uh, grudge going on here, where a lot of guys were probably like, "Oh, you want to be, you want to be Hulk Hogan, Jerry? Let's fucking throw you in a Let's cage throw you match." In a cage. You know, people can say what they want; they can say wrestling is fake all you want, but at the end of the day, it takes a huge toll on your body. And at the end of that match, Jerry only was. Beat the fuck up. Oh, he just like full shooted him, huh? That whole match is rough. It's just Jerry Only getting tossed around. Incredible. Dr. Death is... Jerry Only is a big guy. Dr. Death is a bigger guy. Yeah. And here's a guy who has been... You've been annoying the piss out of him in the locker room for weeks. <laughs> Sneaking up behind and now him. now he has you in cage. Incredible. Jerry got the shit kicked out of him, even for, for a scripted wrestling match. And afterwards, he went looking for medical, and there wasn't... You know, it was the 90s, WCW. There wasn't a lot of... There wasn't really anything there for 
to take care of you. And uh, based off of that, tried to start a union right there on the spot, going oh. around to all the other guys. And again, you know Incredible. this, you know this type of guy, right? This yeah. is like. You know, he's already been annoying everyone. Now he's coming up to people after the show and he's... He hurt me. Look how banged up I am, There's man. no you medical. believe we don't even have medical? We got a former union. Oh. I know a guy in New York. He can help us out. And while he does have very good points, you know, it's still a workplace and you should have medical and stuff. You shouldn't, like... In, There's know, a culture. Insert yourself into this place that just feel like you belong when all these people have grinded for decades to try to get where they are. There's a culture. And he didn't give a fuck about that culture. No, uh, but again, that tracks for what we know about that fucking weirdo. Leading up to this match against Dr. Death, there was this this match where um, it was Berlin versus... No, it was The Wall, and he Berlin escorted him in. And The Wall was versus Vampiro, and The Misfits escorted Vampiro in. Okay. So The Wall had Berlin side stage, Vampiro had The Misfits side stage. And it culminated in the ref being... I think he was distracted by The Misfits. Right. And... Berlin slid in. It was either a chair shot or I think maybe had a chain wrapped around his hand. Some sort of foreign weapon. Okay. He took out Vampiro, but the ref, I think, actually catches it and and he gets the wall disqualified. They start tussling. All the misfits jump in. They start beating everyone up. Right. Meanwhile, Dr. Death is side stage for this whole match. And he's also with Oklahoma. Okay. Do you know Oklahoma? Yes. He's like the JR equivalent over in yeah. WCW. which He is, is a straight up clone. Yeah, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, they're commentators, and it is a short, rotund man dressed like a cowboy, and they love barbecue sauce. He came out <laughs> holding barbecue sauce in this match. Incredible. And there's even a match, a Misfits match, where they pour the barbecue sauce on him. Okay. <laughs> the... Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, okay, because I'm looking it up here. Oklahoma was the, he was just a mocking JR. This is at this point, Vince Russo's in WCW. And they just created it just to be... To be a straight-up... JR parody. Yeah. Barbecue sauce. Yeah, they poured... They well, I mean, so for those of you who are unaware, JR had, had a barbecue sauce, has a barbecue sauce, and it was a big deal. It's like his thing, I guess. Because Jerry was the only one with the contract, the other three misfits just sort of hung around the side stage and would do antics, and sometimes they would punch someone from the ropes or fall, they'd take a hit, but sometimes they'd pour barbecue sauce on people. Right. It's wrestling, man. Wrestling. Once they had uh, worked with Vampiro for a little bit, Doyle actually suggested that he should start doing the makeup for Vampiro. So he just became another misfit? He became a straight-up misfit, yeah. He had that exact same, like, skull paint. They do the sort of, they do the makeup so it looks like they're, they have a skull face. So it looks like their cheeks go in. Yeah. But it's the magic of makeup. So Vampiro had the makeup, but he didn't do the hair. The misfits famously have... Uh, hairstyle that they all wear because that's pretty cool it's called the devil lock it's people love it very strange it's hard to explain it's kind of like pulling all the hair in front of you and gelling it together in a spike that goes down in front of your face yeah it's tough it's really tough to pull off that hairstyle if you're not a misfit <laughs> it really is you can't go to a nine to five with that and even some of the misfits don't have it but jerry only and doyle all almost always have it vampiro did not have it he just had his long hair but there's uh there's moments where you hear them call. I think it's, it is Oklahoma calling Jerry only alfalfa. That's pretty great because <laughs> it's just a giant fucking. Uh, it's kind of like a downwards alfalfa. Yeah, a very long downward alfalfa. And I'm sure that pissed the fuck out of Jerry. Only. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he just thinks he's so fucking hard. A lot of the misfits famously don't have a great sense of humor. No, they've no. come after a lot of people for. For, for making lot, fun of the accents. For a lot less than being called alfalfa. 
Oh yeah, in that match too, when uh, Doctor Death comes in, there's they, <laughs> Doctor Death picks up Michael Graves and throws him at Doyle and I think Doctor Chud, and you can tell that the way it's been rehearsed is that Doyle's supposed to catch Graves, right? But literally catches him, like doesn't. He's supposed to sort of, he's probably supposed to brace him a little bit, right? Or right. like hide that he's catching him, but he doesn't. Right. He just catches him. And the footage of poor little Michael Graves being thrown oh. into the arms of Doyle. And Michael Graves is a big guy on his own. Yeah. But when In you this have context. Steve Williams throwing him into Doyle, it's just sad. So another thing with the Misfits, this is a fun, this is a, this is a fun little part. Macho Man Randy Savage. Did not like the Misfits. Checks out. Specifically, did not like Doyle. <laughs> okay. Randy Savage, his girlfriend at the time, was Gorgeous George. Okay. Yeah. I know Gorgeous George. The WCW female version of the old... It's like There's a man named Gorgeous George. Yep. Yep. This isn't a man. Nope. So supposedly, I guess the story is like... Even back to this interview with Vampiro, he's asked about it and he says it was love at first sight. Oh. He says the second that George saw Doyle... She wanted him. Wow. I mean, I, I know that there was a, it was a very tumultuous relationship that Gorgeous George and Macho Man had. I think Gorgeous George was like a like a hooker or a stripper. Like in the storyline? No. Okay. In real life? We don't know, allegedly. I think it was a stripper. Fact check that. And Macho Man like just like met her at a strip club and was like, you want to be my girlfriend on television? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she met, Macho Man met her while she was dancing at the dollhouse in Tampa Bay. Well, you weren't wrong. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I got it right, and uh, yeah, then they trained her up, and then she wrestled a little bit in later years. But uh, I believe she was—I don't think she was married to Macho Man, but I believe she was with him for for quite a quite a while, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So, are you going somewhere with this story that ends in what I just discovered on the internet? Well, I don't know <laughs> because as far as I know, that this story goes is that there there grew a lot of tension, there grew a lot of jealousy from. Macho Man towards Doyle, and he eventually showed up at a Misfits gig and waited backstage to fight Doyle. Yep. And uh, Doyle caught wind of this and just exited through the crowd out the front door and bailed hard. Right. I don't really got much after that. You don't have much after that, do you? <laughs> okay. I got something crazy here. We don't... This isn't a finger-pointing podcast. Look, I only got so much time. He's only got so much time, fellas, and I'm not doing anything. Half the time I just write things and then don't write anything beside it. Exactly. Like, I come in I come in here and I get to crack jokes and talk about wrestling and shit. What you have neglected to research is that Gorgeous George mm-hmm. married Doyle. Okay. And they were married <laughs> for 12 years and had a child together. Oh, boy. <laughs> I didn't even know, I didn't even know that they d- dated. I thought that that was just like a fling. Married in two thousand one. Jeez. Well, I know they're not together now because now Doyle is dating. I think the singer from Arch Enemy, or not dating, married to the oh yeah the singer from I think it's Arch Enemy. Crazy. But yeah, no, this was a few. Is it Arch Enemy? Is that a woman? That's that. I think that's the one. Yeah, I believe that's Arch Enemy. Um, after she was long after she left wcw not long after but geez so it was an instant love connection they got married two years later i don't know if they were together all all that time (laughs) but yeah i don't i don't have much on it here because i'm just doing a quick quick wikipedia but incredible oh man well you can't stop love right yep you can't stop it not even macho man randy savage could stop it no it's true he was stopped though rest in peace yeah all right But he got his life together. I remember I watched something that uh, he really got his life together in the end and died from complications, I think, of the hard life that he lived. 
but he seemed like a pretty down-to-earth, normal dude in his last five, ten years. Which is the thing with wrestlers and wrestling in general. It's a tough life. It takes a, a toll on your body. So when you have these guys who come in who are like, look, I've been putting on makeup and jumping around on stage for a while. I'm a wrestler. Yep. No doubt there's a little tension that can build if you don't do it respectfully and gracefully and pay your dues to the veterans, right? Those who pay came the before dues. you. That's what wrestling's all about. It's a bit of paying your dues and coming in and yeah. showing a, a level of humility and they'll beat the shit. They'll beat it right out of you if you don't. This is, I like this. I feel like there is a lot more content in music and wrestling, and we might be back in this well in the future. We could probably do another deep dive no, we on do. ICP alone. We do wrestlers that became musicians. But there's so much. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much. There's there's a lot. Some of them are very successful. Some of them are, are not. Yep. Right? It's true. You could even probably do wrestlers that became actors. Some of the successful ones suck. I mean, most of them do. Yeah, I mean, most of them. I mean, famously, like, Chris Jericho's band, Fozzy. Not, not my kind of music. It's not, that's okay. Yeah, Fozzy's not my type of music, but it's kind of as it's kind of as close as you get with wrestling artists. And they've done a, like they started as out as kind of a joke, but they are still going, and they do release like decent tunes. So. They do. They do. Yeah, to be fair, people love them. Thank you for listening to another episode. Send us an email at wktrspod at gmail Get at us on the social medias. Who killed the radio star? We will see you again next week for a special episode on a ve- on a topic very close to my heart: the emancipation of Britney Spears. Mm-hmm.